This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy holidays, all. It is time to put down the cheer, pick up the tools, and get to work. We're here to help you do just that. Call us at 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. As you enjoy this end of the holiday season, perhaps your attention is turning towards the projects that you'd like to do in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Great stuff for us to talk about on today's program. Pick up the phone and let's do just that. Coming up, winter is officially here. And the question is, can your water pipes stand up to those frosty temperatures? We're going to have some tips to help you avoid the hassle of freezing pipes coming up. And undecking the halls is never fun, but you might be making it tougher than it has to be. We're going to share some hacks for taking down your holiday decorations quickly and easily. And speaking of taking things down that's not too easy, wallpaper is notoriously tough to remove. But a few key steps can cut down on the time and effort. We'll share those tricks in just a bit. And one lucky caller this hour can keep an eye on their doorstep from any location with the Ring wireless video doorbell. It's going to let you look at and even talk to anyone who rings your doorbell from anywhere in the world. It's a prize worth $199 going out to one lucky caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. And it is a fantastic safety feature. So give us a call right now for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win. one money pit Rhonda in Alaska, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Hi there. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago, we had a, um, a moisture problem in our crawl space. Um, I, I live in a a townhouse-style condo, and as a result, the adjoining wall down in the crawl space, um, it has drywall on it, and it's got some mold, and I'm not sure how to get rid of that. Okay, so we're talking about crawl space areas in a condominium form of ownership? Yes. Typically, that's um, you have to check your public offering statement, but generally, that part of the structure is owned by the association, and therefore, the association bears the responsibility of maintaining it. In most multifamily forms of ownership, in a townhouse, condominium kind of ownership, generally what you own is inside sheetrock to inside sheetrock. Okay. And this is important to know because, for example, when you insure your home, you know the insurance that you purchase has to cover things like, you know, paint and kitchen cabinets and flooring, you know, carpet, stuff like that. Okay. But it doesn't cover the wall or the floor structure because that's covered by the association. So if you've got a mold problem in the common area, that's called the common area, in other words, the area that's common, the entire association, they are responsible for addressing it. Really? And that's why you pay, you know, monthly maintenance fees. Yeah. So make sure you, you know who owns what before you start messing with this. Okay. 
And especially in a multifamily situation, if you've got mold that's festering in a crawl space, that can, you know, get up into the units and really affect um, a lot of folks. So I would um, first address this with the association. I would address it in writing. Okay. Include pictures. So you're documenting it. Um, and then ask them to have a professional take a look at it. Okay. And and by the way, by professional, I mean industrial um, hygienist. Yeah. I mean somebody who's an expert in mold, not you know, the, the local handyman that's going to come down there and try to scrub it away and, and in the process distribute it to the entire unit. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Now we're going over to Missouri where Jim has a question about a humidifier. How can we help you? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, I am just kind of curious. It would obviously with uh, getting cold, with turning the heaters on and everything, and the uh, whole home humidifiers kind of intrigued me, and I wanted to know if it's worth installing those onto the heater um, you know, obviously, it would, if it works, it would help out with my dry skin. I've got a one-year-old boy, and I, I'm obviously worried about his health, too. And so if, if I could put one of those on there, it would be a quick, easy uh, install. And is that worth doing? Well, absolutely. It's not necessarily a quick, easy install, but it is worth doing. Now, there are many different types of humidifiers. There's the kind that atomize or spray water into the air. There's other types that have sort of like a roller that sort of roll in a pan of water, and then the air blows over them. Um, there's one that uh, deals that works off evaporator pads. I kind of like this. It's made by April Air, a great brand in the HVAC business. And the way it works is it has jets of water that drip water down an evaporator pad, and then water flows across that pad, and that's how it gets the humidity into the air. And the more sophisticated ones have humidistats that calculate exactly what the humidity is in the house all the time, and then adjust the uh, the humidifier to compensate for that. In fact, some of the better ones even have a thermometer that goes outside so they can calculate the difference between outside temperature and inside temperature and know exactly where the relative humidity is and then supplement that with the amount of moisture. So take a look at the humidifiers that are made by April Air. I think that's a good place to start. All right. That's great news. I appreciate that. You're welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Pick up the phone and give us a call. You've got a little bit of time left in this year, and maybe you want to work on some projects quick, quick, quick before 2016. Well, whatever it is, we're here to give you a hand. Just give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, winter is here. Can your pipes survive the cold? We've got easy, cheap ways to keep them from freezing when the Money Pit returns after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. 
That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you pick up the phone and call us right now with your home improvement question, you might just win the Ring Wireless Video Doorbell. What a fantastic device. It's the world's first battery-operated, Wi-Fi-enabled HD video doorbell. And it basically lets you see and speak with visitors from anywhere in the world by streaming that live audio and video of your doorstep, your front doorstep, directly to the iOS app or the iOS or Android app. Yeah, you know, it's really easy to set up because it mounts and syncs in minutes and it has a built-in battery. However, if you've got, you know, a hardwired doorbell, you can actually make it work through that existing doorbell wire. Now, you can get it at the Home Depot. It's the destination for smart home solutions and technology. They've got a lot of variety of brands and an expansive platform, both in-store and on HomeDepot.com. The prize for this hour, the Ring Wireless Video Doorbell, is worth $199. Going out to one caller drawn at random. Let's get to it. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. Elaine in Delaware is on the line with a bathroom flooring question. How can we help you today? I purchased an older house, and when we went to replace the toilet, we seen some of the linoleum on the floor sticking up. So we pulled up the linoleum, and underneath it, we seen it looked like it was rotted. So we started to pull it up, and there was hardwood floors underneath. So we decided we would stay with the hardwood floors. Now we can't get the toilet to be flush because we're missing that. Uh, in that, uh, well, there's a product out that's designed for um, almost this very situation, and it's a toilet gasket that um, is not made of wax. It's called Sanaseal, S-A-N-I-S-E-A-L, and it's a very thick uh, gasket that takes the place of the wax seal, and because it's so thick, it takes up that big gap that you're dealing with, and it's an excellent option for situations where you uh, have taken the floor apart and now don't have exactly the same flush floor that you had before. Take a look at their website. It's SantaSeal.com, S-A-N-I-S-E-A-L. Very simple device, um, about an inch and change thick, and uh, really well designed. Okay, well, that sounds great. Okay, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. William in Tennessee, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, I've got a wood stove in my living room. And uh, I have my stovepipe coming out the back through an elbow, going straight up about five or six feet. And I got another 90-degree elbow. And it's going through the wall, through an insulated piece of stovepipe to the outside. And then another 90-degree bend and going up about four or five feet uh, to to the cap. You have three 90-degree bends in the wood stove pipe? One, two, yeah. Got three in it. And uh, what's happening is uh, um, right behind my wood stove, I have a big three-by-six-foot plate glass window that's framed in. And we're getting some leakage of black creosote liquid. Uh, it's, it's condensation or water of some type. It's got creosote in it. It is actually dripping down and running down the inside of the frame of the window. So the leak is in the is inside the wall somewhere. And uh, I have sealed and done everything that I possibly can. 
And uh, I, I don't know how to stop this leak or what could be causing it or where to go from this point. So does the pipe uh, exit the wall above the window? Yes, it does. Just above the window to the left. All right. Well, see, here's what could be happening. First of all, I really don't like the fact that you've got three 90-degree bends in this stovepipe. That's a lot of resistance to kind of overcome. And also, uh, with the three 90-degree bends, that pipe has lots of time to cool. And so the cooler the pipe it gets, the more condensation you get. As the condensation forms inside the pipe, it basically washes down the pipe, comes out the seams of the pipe, and carries away all of the charcoal debris that's inside the pipe with it. So that's probably the source and I, I, I guess what I would be more tempted to do, it's not so much the kind of thing where you're finding a leak. I'd be more tempted to replace my stovepipe with uh, at least a double wall pipe that was insulated because then you're not going to have that difference in temperature and it will, you, you, would, you will never have any of those kinds of condensation issues. And it will be a lot safer too. My concern with that pipe is it's really hard to clean, and every time you have a 90-degree bend in a pipe, William, that's equivalent resistance-wise to 20 foot of straight pipe. Wow. So I might be I might be better off just running that thing straight up through the roof rather than taking it out the side of the house. That's the best thing to do with, with an insulated pipe, a, a triple-walled insulated pipe straight up through the roof and out without all those bends. Just make sure you're following the National Fire Protection Association guidelines for this. Get it inspected, and I think you're going to be a lot happier with it. William, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, anyone who's dealt with them can tell you frozen broken pipes are a really expensive headache. But the good news is that there are actually a few easy things that you can do to keep them from getting that way. Well, on very cold nights, you want to open the doors to any under-sink cabinets that are along your outside walls, which is most often your kitchen sink cabinet. This is going to let the warm air in, and that will prevent it from becoming a freezer underneath your sink, which could, of course, lead to frozen pipes. That's right. Now, next, you want to bundle up those pipes, just like you do when you put on your coat. But the way you do it with pipes is easy. You just put insulation around the pipes in the unheated crawl spaces and attics and basements. Now, you can use foam tubes, which have sort of a slit that go down the side. They snap on the pipes. You can use fiberglass tubes, or you can use fiberglass pipe wrap, which is kind of like a very thin piece of fiberglass. It's on a roll, and it's easy to unwind and wrap it right around those pipes. And if you do that, it actually makes a really big difference in keeping those pipes warm and frost-free. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing to remember is that crawl spaces and basement drafts, they can freeze uninsulated pipes in a matter of a few hours. Yeah, it can happen that fast. I don't think people realize that. And once you find those drafts, you might want to consider using expanding foam, you know, one of those sealants to seal off those drafty areas and close your crawl space vents for the coldest of months. Yeah, that's right. So January, February, maybe December, keep those vents closed. And finally, even if you're going away for a while, you want to make sure you keep your heat above 55 degrees all winter long. Even if you've left the house, turn off the main water valve. If you drop your heat anywhere below that, you're going to have some serious moisture problems as well as a much higher risk of getting frozen, broken pipes waiting for you upon your return. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Leslie, who's next? Heading over to Alabama now, where Mary is trying to remove some old caulk from a bathroom fixture. What's going on? Hi. I recently was trying to remove the caulk from around my bathtub Okay. and cannot get it removed. I purchased one of the tools at um, Home Improvement Store, and it is so hard that it won't remove. 
and I'm worried about scratching the bathtub and the edge if I get a like a razor blade. Have you ever used a paint remover to move remove layers of paint? Yes. Okay. Well, just like a paint remover will strip paint, there's a product called a caulk softener, and the caulk softener gets applied to the caulk. And it sort of reliquifies it, softens it up, and makes it a lot easier for you to scrape it out. So you want to apply the caulk softener first. Once it works and softens the caulk, clean it really, really well. The next thing you want to do is take a bleach and a water solution and wipe that seam down really well because you want to kill any bacteria that's in there. You want to make sure there's no mold spores that are left behind. And the next thing that you want to do is fill the tub with water. We always caulk tubs when they're full of water, and here's why. Because when the caulk dries, the, the tub sort of comes back up. When you fill the tub with water, it sinks down. When you put the caulk in, uh, let the caulk dry, then you let the water out, the tub comes back up and compresses the caulk, and it's not likely to fall out again or pull apart again at the seam. Okay, So those are the steps you want to follow. Start with the caulk softener, wipe it down with bleach and water, fill the tub with water, caulk it. When the caulk dries, let the tub water out, and you're good to go. Okay. Can you recommend a good caulk to replace it with? Um, I would take a look at the DAP products that include microban. Microban is an additive that stops any mold from growing inside the caulk. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Larry in Ohio is on the line with a heating question. How can we help you? Uh, yes, uh, I've got a house. It's 6,000 square foot. And they divided the utilities up into two separate houses. And uh, right now, I have a hot water tank that we use all the time. And I have a hot water tank that sits on the side that the kitchen is on that is only used for the dishwasher. And I'm wondering, if, would I be better off to get me a tankless hot water tank or just deal with the electric. I got an electric 50-gallon one. I don't know which one would be more cost-efficient. So you, the only thing that you're using that water heater for on that side of the house is the dishwasher, and that's a 50-gallon water heater? Yes. Wow. Well, like, it, like I say, this house was actually set up to be a bed at breakfast. If the only thing that water heater is serving is the dishwasher, and there's no way to get that dishwasher fed off of the other water heater, you just need a very small water heater for that dishwasher. And I mean like a 20-gallon electric or something like that, really small, because there's really not much water that it needs to heat. And it would be foolish to have it heating, you know, 50 gallons, 40 gallons of water 24-7 when you really don't need it except to wash dishes and I presume to run the kitchen sink. So a very small electric water heater, perhaps even on a timer so that it only kicks on uh, maybe in the evening hours when you're using that dishwasher um, would be the smart thing to do there in the least uh, expensive way to both uh, install the new water heater and to run the new water heater, okay? Okay. Uh, actually, there's two bathrooms that are also hooked to this, but, you know, it's just the idea right now we're not using it. We've got two bathrooms on the other side of the house, too. Okay, well, that's different. That's different. If you have two bathrooms, full bathrooms... Yes, full bathrooms. Well, then, then, okay. So that's different. If there's a full two full bathrooms, I'd asked you if it was just the, the the dishwasher, and you said yes. But if it's two full bathrooms on it, then you do need a larger water heater. And um, again, I would probably recommend if you're not using it that often, I'd probably recommend an electric water heater in that situation. Okay. On a timer, but you'll probably need more like a forty gallon. Actually, on the tankless ones, I've noticed a different amount of water per minute. Yeah, well, but you you have gas. You have natural gas. I've got propane. 
You have propane. Well, you could use a tankless water heater. The installation cost will be a lot higher. It does deliver you deliver you twenty four seven endless supplies of hot water. Except in that side of the house, again, you're not really using those bathrooms that much. That's not as big of a concern to you. That's why I'm suggesting a minimum inexpensive electric water heater for that. You know, at least you'll maintain your home value because if you didn't have adequate an adequate water heater to supply those two bathrooms plus the dishwasher, your home value would suffer. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend you put in a you know fifteen hundred dollar tankless because I just don't think it's going to be cost effective for you. Okay, that's what, that was my big question right there. Would it be cost effective? All right, Larry. Hope that helps. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Still ahead, is wallpaper the only thing standing between you and your dream room? Well, we're going to share some tips for easy removal when the Money Pit continues after this. Hi, I'm Adam Carolla. I've built hundreds of houses. I can tell you how to avoid falling into that Money Pit. Listen to Money Pit Radio with Tom and Leslie. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone. Fix up your home sweet home. by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, you want to wow your house guests this season? Check out our holiday home makeover 
Facebook sweepstakes. It's going on right now for a chance to win three great prizes to help you host in style. Yeah, that's right. Grand prize is a Tranquility Queen size mattress with foundation from Bed in a Box. It's worth fifteen hundred and forty-eight dollars. Plus, we're also giving away a Verona Chef Pack worth five hundred and ninety-nine bucks, and that includes a stainless steel griddle, a chef spatula, a cutting board, and more, so you can really whip up a tasty meal. Visit Facebook.com/slash The Money Pit to enter. Heading over to Florida, where Peter has lost power in the bathroom. Peter, what's going on, and can you see what you're doing? Yeah, I had a uh, GFI go bad, mm-hmm. and and when I went to change it over, uh, for some reason, um, I couldn't get any juice to the receptacle underneath the sink. So I got juice to, to, to where I put the new one in. But uh, So I went down to Home Depot and listened to you folks all the time, and uh, I got a new one, and the gentleman over there told me to find the, you know, the hot wires go and put them on uh, on the receptacle where it says line, and then the other the other two uh, hook up on the bottom of it. Peter, do you know that the ground fault circuit worked properly and then it stopped working? Y- yes, sir. So it worked properly and it stopped working. Have you considered the fact that the ground fault circuit interrupter could be doing its job and then there could be a problem elsewhere in the circuit? Yeah, I didn't give a thought about that. No, I didn't. So I think that when ground fault circuit interrupters start to trip, people say, oh, it must be a bad circuit breaker. And they don't consider the fact that the circuit breaker is, in fact, doing its job, detecting a diversion of current to a ground source and tripping to prevent you from getting a shock. So the solution wouldn't be necessarily first to replace the ground fault. I would investigate further to see what exactly is happening and causing that to trip. I think, based on your description of of what you've done thus far, that this might be just a little bit above your skill set. And while we can respect the fact that you're doing uh, this on your own, when it comes to electricity, you want to get it right. And if you were to miswire that, and in fact, perhaps you, you know, there are different ways to hook up ground faults. And if you do it one way, you can get it to trip and not protect the rest of the circuit. So it would appear to be working correctly when in fact it wouldn't. So I, this is not the kind of thing I would recommend that you do yourself, Peter, with all due respect. I would definitely have an electrician look at this because I suspect that the ground fault is doing its thing. They rarely go bad. And if it's tripping, it's probably tripping because something is going on elsewhere in the circuit. The ground faults will cover everything that's on that circuit. So if you had, for example, a loose wire somewhere down the line and that was causing uh, some sort of an arcing condition, that could trigger the ground fault to go off. So contact an electrician. This is the kind of job that you should not do yourself because I want to make sure that uh, the problem is what you think it is and it gets properly fixed. Peter, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if wallpaper stands between you and your dream room, you're not alone. Wallpaper removal is a dreaded task. But the right steps not only make it quicker and easier, they ensure the smoothest possible results and make the next coat of paint or sheet of wallpaper that much easier to apply. Here to tell us more is This Old House host, Kevin O'Connor. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, guys. Great to be here. So removing wallpaper is one of those jobs that just has to get done sometimes, and it's rarely easy. But what's the most efficient and effective way to tackle this task? And why is it so important to do it right? Well, you are right about the fact that it is no fun to do. (laughs) I've done it in the past. I don't like it. Um, In fact, I find it so tedious that I'm reluctant to even use wallpaper. Oh, but it's so beautiful. (laughs) I know. But I always think about the fact that someone's going to have to take it off eventually. I guess here are a couple ways to think about it. Um, The most common wall surface in American homes these days is drywall, right? And so as you guys know, that's uh, gypsum, and it's Mm -hmm. got paper on both sides. 
So the wall that's up there that we are putting wallpaper on has a paper base. So when it comes time to taking it off, we're trying to remove that paper surface from a paper surface. Right. So you actually have to do it right and make sure that you don't damage the drywall in the process. And there are a couple tips um, that will help you do that. First of all, you want to think about scoring the wallpaper. You want to actually slice through it. They have scoring tools or a utility knife because you're going to want to get some sort of a steam or some sort of a liquid behind the face of the wallpaper. Like a wallpaper remover. Like like a wallpaper remover because it's all put up there with glues, with adhesion. You want to break that adhesion. Mm -hmm. So starting off by scoring it is a great way to go. Once it's scored, you can apply steam to it. So it'll loosen up those glues, start from the top, work your way down, try to pull it off in the biggest sheets possible. Yeah, you don't want to be picking off one little piece at a time. No, you don't. And, and, you know, so the more you score, the more steam that's going to get behind the wallpaper. But it also means the smaller the pieces. pieces. So you have to kind of find that balance. steaming really makes it uh, easier to get off. And I guess you can rent a wallpaper steamer. You you can go to the home center. You can rent these things by the day. Um, Oftentimes, they're probably worth their weight in gold. Now, they may not always work or they may not do the complete job. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple other things to think about. There are solutions there, um, wallpaper removing solutions. You can make your own where you can actually use fabric softener, believe it or not, mix it with hot water, sort of a one-to-one ratio, spray that up onto the wall. The trick there is work quickly. When the water's warm, it's working for you. So try to get that wallpaper off while the water's warm and apply liberally. And once you have it off and the wallpaper is gone, now you have to sort of prep the walls for your next project, which is probably not to put on more wallpaper (laughs) after having gone through all of that pain of removing the old stuff. What should you do to get the surface ready, say, for paint? Well, whether it's paint or for new wallpaper, you do want to make sure that the surface you have um, is smooth and clean. And so one way to actually clean a wall where you've just stripped the wallpaper is by using distilled white vinegar mixed with water. That's going to help you remove any of the glue that may have been left behind. You want to make sure that if you do that, that the surface is completely dry before you apply any primer or paint to that surface or any new wallpaper. Now, I know a lot of people want to cut corners and they'll say, well, why can't I just paint over my wallpaper or put the new paper over the old paper? And that generally is a no-no. That is always a no-no. <laughs> it's a really bad idea. For a guy who had to strip wallpaper with three three or four coats of wallpaper with paint on each one, I will hunt you down and <laughs> find you if you paint over your wallpaper. It's not a great idea because um, eventually the wallpaper may fail, and now your freshly painted surface. It's not going to look that great to begin with, but if that wallpaper that you've painted over ever comes off, now you've got a, a wall surface that's completely ruined. So my recommendation is live with the wallpaper you have, or if you decide to paint, make sure you get it off in its entirety, clean that surface, and then apply the paint. We're talking to Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House, about tips for removing wallpaper. Kevin, you work on a lot of old houses, and many of those wallpaper projects that were done years ago include backing paper, kind of a second layer of paper that was underneath the decorative layer. Can you leave that in place, or do you have to take that off as well? Well, I think the, the, the answer is it depends, you know, and in fact, we still use that backing paper today. We were on a project uh, just two years ago, um, and Tommy basically told the guy, you got to put the backing paper up because we had horsehair plaster walls, and you could spend a lifetime trying to fix those and make them perfectly flat, or you can put that backing paper over the walls to give you a nice, smooth surface, mm-hmm. and then it's put your beautiful... It's a little more forgiving. Up. It's a little more forgiving, absolutely. I guess the answer to your question, Tom, is once you get the wallpaper off, you really just have to inspect the backing paper. If it's a clean surface, 
surface, if it doesn't have any imperfections, then you may be able to go over it with wallpaper. If it's damaged in any way, unfortunately, I think you're taking the backing paper off as well, getting down to that bare wall and surface. that's the same process as the first. That is the same <laughs> process as the first. So it's worth doing it once and doing it right so you don't have to do it again. It's always the case. Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House. Great advice, as always. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you, guys. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next, there's a reason there's not a song called Undeck the Halls. Taking down decorations is a hassle, but it doesn't have to be. We've got tips for quick and easy undecorating when the Money Pit returns after this. You live in a Money Pit. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your decorating dilemma at one eight 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 money pit If you do, you'll get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a very cool prize. It's the Ring Wireless Video Doorbell. Yeah, I love this. This is the world's first battery-operated, Wi-Fi-enabled HD video doorbell, which is going to enable you, as the homeowner, to see and speak with visitors at your home, on your front doorstep, from wherever in the world you are. So if you're on vacation and somebody rings your doorbell, you can be like, hello, I'm, I just can't answer the door right now, even though like, you're in Tahiti. I mean, how cool is that? And how awesome that you're in Tahiti. <laughs> I mean, it's a really great prize. And it works great. It streams live audio and video. And it's directly to a free app that's for Apple or Android systems. So it's a great prize. It's got a built-in motion sensor, too, that detects movement up to 30 feet. So you pretty much know who's walking up on your house at any time. It's available at the Home Depot. The Home Depot is the destination for smart home solutions and technology with a huge variety of brands and expansive platforms, both in-store and online. It's worth 199 bucks. going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. Pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, for all the preparation and the buildup, holidays fly by fast. And feeling like you just hung the decorations up yesterday can make undecorating even less fun. Yeah, but undecking the halls doesn't have to be a headache. You can take steps that are going to save you time and some trouble when you roll out those decorations again next year. Yep. So first you want to assess what you have and and purchase any replacements that you need, especially while all those post-Christmas sales are driving the decor cost way down. Yeah. And don't pack away anything before you examine it first for damage. So, you know, replace any burned out bulbs on your lighting strings and check for frayed wires, because if it's not usable for next year, why save it? Now, one way to make sure your lights are in good shape next season is to store them carefully 
carefully. So what you want to do is cut cardboard into 12-inch by 9-inch pieces and then wrap the light strings around them. This will keep the lights really orderly and also easier to work with next year. And I'll protect them from damage because they won't get all tangled up as easily. Mm, and you know what? To make things easier to work with, try storing your holiday decorations in clear plastic bins. This way you can see exactly what's inside. There's specialized storage cases and bags for artificial wreaths and faux greenery, and that's going to help protect your decorations for years of use. Yeah, I think the key is to start a seasonal rotation. You'll thank yourself come spring. Once your winter holiday boxes are packed, you can move them to the back of your storage area and then bring those spring decorations forward for easy access. The next season celebrations will be here before you know it, and you will be totally good to go. 888-666-3974. We are good to go to answer your home improvement questions. So give us a call right now. Stuart's on the line with an insulation question. How can we help you today? I'm wondering at what point in a house life should you look at uh, the insulation in your attic and re-insulating? Well, if you have insulation that's old and you notice that it's sort of sagging and compressed and no longer fluffy, at that point I would remove the insulation and replace it. If you've got insulation that's still pretty fluffy and it holds a lot of air, but you just don't have enough of it, then you can add additional layers on top of that. You do that with unfaced fiberglass bats. You lay them in perpendicular to the existing insulation to try to get up to that, say, 15 to 20-inch level of insulation. Because at that level, you're going to be super insulated, and it's really going to make a big savings in your heating costs. Okay, but if it's flat, it needs removed before you put further insulation on top of it. It needs to have a little bounce to it, I guess. If it's old and it's flat and it's compressed and it's sagging, then I would take it out and start from scratch. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. You're welcome, Stuart. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Still ahead, are laminate wood floors a good idea for laundry rooms and bathrooms, or are they a recipe for disaster? We'll tell you when the Money Pit continues after this. 888-MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Glisten. Glisten makes it easy to clean, freshen, and maintain your dishwasher, disposer, microwave, and washing machine. So improve the performance of your appliances with cleaning solutions from Glisten, the machine cleaning experts. Visit glistencleaners.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, are you looking to cut heating costs this winter? We'll start by sealing up drafts. It's a very inexpensive do-it-yourself project if you do it right. You can find out how on our homepage right now online at moneypit.com. And you know what else is a pretty easy do-it-yourself project if you pick the right material? That's flooring. And I've got a post here from Rosie who writes, We're remodeling our laundry room, which is also our guest half bath. Is laminate wood flooring safe under a washing machine or a ceramic tile better? Expense is an issue. No, either material will work fine. Uh, the laminate flooring, it's not really wood. It's really laminate. It's really plastic, melamine and plastic. Is there no wood dust in the glue? I don't think so. I mean, I guess you could argue that the medium density fiberboard has cellulose in it. But it's so dimensionally stable that I've seen this stuff even in floods and it doesn't swell. So I think that the laminate floor is a good choice for a laundry room. Certainly um, less expensive and a lot less hassle than doing a ceramic uh, tile floor. What you might want to do is put anti-vibration pads under your washing machine. That will help keep it quieter 
uh, as well as it operates, no matter what kind of floor uh, you put down. And potentially taking a walk across the room. Yeah, potentially taking a walk. That's right. Even if it's if it's if it's out of balance, uh, that can that can definitely happen. You know, we've been using those for years, and it really did quiet down the machine. Even when the machine is new, it's still quieter than it would be uh, if you didn't have that, uh, because ours is on a second floor. And if, before we had that, man, you could really hear it no matter where you were in the house. So it's a good thing to do. So I think that's a great choice. Laminate uh, floor, even engineered hardwood, if you want to have something that's a little bit more attractive but not quite as expensive as tile, uh, is, a go- is a good option as well. All right. Next up, we have a post from Roy who writes, I have a ranch built in 1963. I recently built an addition which is well insulated and sided with natural shingles. Now I need to insulate the exterior of the original home. I could sand the shingles and blow in insulations, but I'm concerned that the insulation will settle. The other option I've considered is to remove the old shingles, which I'd prefer not to do because they're in good shape, and put foam sheeting insulation underneath the new shingles. What do you think is most efficient? Well, first things first, Roy, before you go through all this trouble with respect to the wall insulation, you want to make sure that you have enough ceiling insulation because the amount of heat loss through your ceiling far, far exceeds that heat loss that's going to happen at the wall, even a well-insulated wall. So go up in your attic and check. If you don't have 19 to 22 inches of insulation there, you need to add that first, as that's going to deliver the biggest return on investment. Now, as for the walls, blown-in insulation is a good option. And if it's done professionally, there's really little risk of settlement being an issue because all of that stuff is easy to measure. You know, they drill holes usually on the inside of your house, or it could be on the outside. They blow in the insulation. And then using infrared cameras, you can actually see which parts of the wall are insulated, which are not. You can blow the insulation in under a little bit of pressure so that it fills all the nooks and crannies. And if any place is missing, you could put a second hole uh, there to kind of get that area. We've got more tips on these projects on our website at moneypit.com. And you know what, Roy? You're on the right track. Insulation really does make a huge difference. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope that you are having a wonderful week. Remember, we are here 24-7. If something breaks down, doesn't matter what time of the day or night, you can call us and we will get back to you the next time we are in the studio. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.